You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 38 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Tom Hiscott, the author of the Toolstation Western League Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, doing well, thanks. How about yourself? I'm not bad. I'm not bad. We've got a Champions edition of the Western League podcast this week. We are speaking to the managers of both of our title-winning clubs. In the Premier Division, I am delighted to welcome onto the podcast for the first time, Russell G, the manager of Will and Rovers. And in the First Division, we hear from John Allen, manager of newly promoted Canesham Town. What an exciting weekend of football we had, um, but I, I wasn't able to enjoy any of it. Because I was um, I was watching I was watching some Shakespeare at the Royal Shakespeare Company. It's a bit different. <laughs> it is a bit, isn't it? It was my it was. I don't please don't. I don't want to leave anybody, in particular my wife, with the impression that I was. You know, I'd rather have been elsewhere. <laughs> For example, you know, watching Devizes beating Chard, or watching you know Canesham beat Sherborne to win the the first division, or indeed watching um, a thrilling draw between Bitten and Willand, um, of course. Um, to play at the final embers of the of the Premier Division season. But, um, yeah, I was watching As You Like It um, oh. pretty much at the same time that our matches were, were taking place. And, uh, you know, now that um, now that our fixture list has, has nearly come to an end, if there's anybody listening to this podcast who's partial to going up to Stratford-upon-Avon, I, I can recommend it. It's um, it, was a, it was a very good show. Anyway, um, there we go. That's my plug for the Royal Shakespeare Company. <laughs> but moving on to far more important matters... Um, we are, of course, talking about the final set of Saturday fixtures, Saturday the 27th of April. Um, but we are actually going to kick things off a little bit earlier than that because we did have two very, very important matches, didn't we, Tom, in the midweek? We did. Uh, yeah, in either division on, on Wednesday evening. Uh, so obviously, Willand have had this game in hand for quite a while, but it was all, it was always been looming. Uh, they were hosting Bridgewater, obviously, up in fourth, so it wasn't an easy one. And, uh, yeah, it proved to be... Proved to be crucial in the end, and it was a yeah, it was a tight affair. Just the one nil win for Willand, giving them the the crucial three points. Uh, obviously, lots of pressure on them, and uh, they they left it really late. It was ten minutes from time before they finally got the elusive goal. Uh, Adam Hill heading home uh, to give the Devon side uh, the victory, and as I say, very more than crucial three points really, wasn't it? And uh, yeah, the defence again coming to the fore, 15 clean sheets uh, for the season uh, in the league, and uh, yeah, proved proved. Proved, uh, proved to be a good night for Willand. Yeah, it was a, it was a game changer as well for Bitten, wasn't it? Because I think mathematically it meant they they were no longer in the hunt um, for promotion. So um, um, that was um, it was a it was a big deal and, and an equally big deal down in the first division on the same day. Yeah, Chippenham Park obviously uh, going into that uh, the game, so they had a game in hand as well. So uh, relegation battle at the bottom of the first, and uh, they, their game in hand was at home to Calm. And they managed to, to claim a 2-0 win uh, to move out of the relegation zone uh, on on uh, Wednesday evening. Uh, goals from Reese Talmash, uh, either side of uh, the break for them, uh, giving them a 2-0 victory uh, to move them ahead of Oldham going into Saturday's games. Now, before we get on to Saturday, we did have a... We had a cup final, didn't we, to talk about? <laughs> we did. Uh, Cribs, uh, they were our, our only representative in a, a county final this year and they, they did the business uh, in the Gloucestershire Challenge uh, Challenge Trophy, took on Bishop's Cleave uh, and they were they were 2-1 down uh, when uh, they managed to level things through Sol Wondell Smith 
20 minutes from time to, to make it two all. Uh, the game then went to penalties and then following 20 spot kicks, uh, so 10 apiece, it was uh, Cribs who came out on on top, 8-7 victors uh, on penalties. And it was uh, the goalkeeper, I do have his name, Archie Watts. Uh, he was the hero, uh, saved a couple of penalties and also scored one himself. Uh, wow. So, yeah, big night for Archie and a big night for Cribs. And they get, uh, yeah, get a bit of silverware, which is, is great to see. They've had a good season. That's excellent stuff. Um, well, then, that brings us on to, to D-Day, doesn't it, really? Um, Saturday, the 27th of April, and some massive, massive ties um, um, to be played here. And we kick off with um, the game to be at. It was bitten against Will and Rovers. Yeah, and it was, yeah, well, as, as we all knew, this was going to be the, the game to be at, as you mentioned. And uh, yeah, Willand doing enough. Uh, a one one all draw uh, away at Bitten, who, as you say, were were ruled out uh, of the uh, uh, title race uh, during the week, owing, owing to uh, to Willand's victory. Uh, but that that didn't stop them making an extremely quick start in this one. Uh, ben Bamant obviously had a fantastic season. Uh, fired them ahead after just 30 seconds, so really putting the cat amongst the pigeons. Uh, and Willand then uh, really really well. Struggled a little bit. They struggled to get back into the game and lost uh, Rob Norrish to a red card early in the second half. So it was, uh, it was looking likely they were they were facing a, a defeat. Uh, but Willand managed to managed to come from behind, get the draw. Uh, Luke Alden uh, lobbing home, and uh, yeah, they gained a one-all draw, bit unable to to find a winner, and uh, it proved to be enough for Willand. And uh, obviously they are our our champions. They are our Premier Division champions for 2018-19 and I'm delighted to bring you my first interview with Willen manager Russell G. Of course, earlier this season we spoke to Willen's chairman, Mike Mitchell, on a number of occasions as the Devon side ploughed their way through, uh, through to a historic quarter-final in this season's FA Vars. A lesser team might have buckled under the disappointment of that defeat, but Willen, relentless progress continued all the way to the final day of this season. So on the occasion of their coronation, I took this opportunity to speak to Russell G and I started by congratulating him on his side's Toolstation Western League title victory. Yeah, I'm absolutely delighted. It's been a long old stint, but like you say, um, finally after 38 games, we've, um, like you say, we've clinched the title and like I say, for, for everyone associated at the football club, we're, we're absolutely delighted. You hit the top of the table just before Christmas. Did you think at that time that you'd have enough to stay there until the end of the season? I, I knew it would be tough with, with what uh, what teams were behind us, but like you say, but I've got a confident group. I'm a confident manager in what we um, what we, do, we produce down our way, but like I say, we knew it was going to be a tough tough assignment with, like you say, you had half the season left when, when we eventually did go to the top of the league. Um, now, you had that incredible run in the uh, the FA Vars. You got through to the quarter-final, which I know was history-making in itself for your club. Um, were you ever worried about fighting a war on two fronts? Not really. I, I always drill it into my players, to be honest. We, we take one game at a time, even if it's, if it's a league game or it's a Vars game. But, like you say, you, you do have concerns in the back of your mind that once you do back the Vars, if it does happen, then, like you say, it, it might foothold your, um, your league campaign. But, fortunately enough, when, when we did eventually do go out of the Vars against Cray Valley, we, we were lucky enough to have a, another game on a Wednesday. So, it's a quick turnaround. Uh, there's nothing to dwell on. Like you said, we had a, a league game straight away, so probably that, that did help in, in truth. I mean, there's no shame in going out to Cray Valley, ultimately, is there? I mean, obviously, they've made it through to the final. So does, does that make um, your efforts in that competition a little bit um, easier to look back on? At the time, it hurt because like, you were so close, like you say, but yet so far, when we got to the quarterfinals, the last eight of the competition, um, we're at home. But like I say on the day... It, 
we knew they were a very good side. We had them watched two times, probably, and on the end of the day, the class probably towed up front the top end of the pitch. In the end, they got to Wembley, so fair play to them. We hope they go and win it anyway. But, yeah, it, it was tough to take at the time, but... Um, like you say, it's something to be proud of. We had, for two ties, we had touching a thousand people in the ground. So, like, it's something now you look back on and remember and you, and you pride, really, on what you've done. Let's look at Saturday, because Saturday was a fascinating um, day. I mean, the only way you could have had a harder game on that uh, as your sort of closing game for the season is if you'd have been away at Plymouth Parkway themselves. When we're looking through the fixtures, what, say, after Christmas, we, we, let's say we, we knew what was coming, but if you could handpick any game where you, you probably didn't want to go to, it would probably been bitten because they're, obviously they're flying. The formation they play is it, difficult to play against. In transition, they're probably one of the best. They probably are one of the best teams in the league. So, we again, we knew what was coming, but they are a, they're a top, top side. And I expect next year, again, if they keep all their bodies, they will go. If they don't win it, they'll go very, very close again. I mean, you had a positive result in midweek, your game in hand, and effectively that meant that, um, on goal difference at least anyway, Bitten's task to go up automatically was, was taken out of their hands. I mean, do you think that made your task any easier on Saturday when you came up against mm, them? No, definitely not. Um, we set out to win, they set out to win. To be honest, if we set out to draw or try and stay in the game, to be honest, we're not no great. We're, we're a good side on the front foot, so... Our mindset was never to go in there to, to sit back and, and, and defend a point when we got there. It was ultimately to try and go and win the game, and it, it cancelled out all over um, equations then. But like I say, they're a decent side, and um, on, the, on the afternoon it was a tough game, especially after going 1-0 down after 10 seconds. Yeah, did you fear the worst then? Um, I, I did when it kept coming, to be honest. I turned to my assistant and said, if we, if we get in here 1-0 down, uh, I'll take that because uh, we needed to regroup. Something was missing, and, and to be fair, they're, they're very, very dangerous. Like you say, in transition, turn over a ball, that they're a quality side. So we, we were up against it. We won at it first half, and like I say, they, they deserved their 1 0 lead for sure. Now, for as long as I've been doing the podcast, you've been a highly competitive side in the, in the Premier Division. Um, you've come close, but you've not made it over the line. Do you think the experience that you've had in recent seasons? has actually paid well this season in, in those crucial moments where perhaps going a goal down, worrying about heads dropping, you've actually found a way to win those games that previously perhaps, you know, you've managed to, um, you've, lo- you've lost. Possibility, yeah. I think, um, like you say, the game management definitely improved, but we've only added four bodies from, from last season. We kept the core of the players from last year. They're a young side and, like I say, added four bodies. It's what we already had, so... It probably helped the experience we brought in. We brought in Dean Stamp, uh, Craig Duff and Bobby Norrish. And then we brought in a young kid from two divisions lower in Ben Bickle. So, like say, the experience was there. The know-how were probably playing a little bit higher. And managing games was an experience was probably there with, like I say, three of the four bodies you actually brought into what was there. Looking back over this season, do you have a feeling for where you think that the, the league title was won? Where were your key moments, your turning points for this season? Uh, probably uh, down to probably the second from last game where against Bridgewater we probably fortunate maybe to, to win the game one nil when probably they they probably shaded it o- over the ninety minutes but like I say over a season the, the table doesn't lie but ultimately I'd probably say that with like I say two games left pressures on us at home uh, we had to win really a, a draw wasn't to me wasn't good enough we we needed to beat Bridgewater and um, so probably if if I had to pamp it one game I'd probably say. Bridgewater home, second from last game. 
Well, that's looking back over this season. Looking ahead to next season, are you looking forward to your first season in the Southern League? Definitely, yeah. Look, it's something I wanted to do. Um, like I say, this is four years in the making, really. We've had we've had probably three teams out of the four seasons where the turnover of players in the first two years was massive. Um, last year, like you say, we've only turned around four players where we, we thought we had the right combinations and mixtures. So, like you say, this year going into it, all of my the 17, 18 bodies are up when we will get a fair crack at it because I think, like, like you say, we, we've gathered 95 points in this league. Um, the goal difference of 85, it, it is massive in terms of numbers. So I think, like I say, that obviously there is a gap between the two leagues, but I don't think um, I can I can change it, chop it too much because these these lads deserve a crack at it anyway. And in fairness, regardless of what's gone off the gone on off the field, if you look at the performance of the likes of Street and Melksham this season in the Southern League, that they haven't been fighting it out at the bottom of the table, have they? They they've they've made a good fist of it, um, so that must give you hope. It does look like going back to those two sides. They are um, they're experienced and they've got they've got quality through their sides. You know, I fully expected them to do. Like I say, finish mid table, probably looking up again, and ultimately that is what they've done. They, they, like I say, when they're in, they were better than us last year, without a doubt. So like I say, it's something to um, feel confidence about. But um, yeah, we look forward to it. We embrace it, and um, it's like I say, it's a new challenge. It's, it's different grounds, it's different managers. It's, is a, is a whole perspective and like I say from the chairman to the manager everyone's delighted with it and we're all looking forward to, to something different really Now promotion is a wonderful achievement for your club but there's still one game to go isn't there? There is yeah, yeah there's one more game like I say we, we, won't, we won't let up now we, uh, we train again on Thursday night um, get prepared for uh, Plymouth Parkway so from our point of view that there certainly will be no let up and we're going down there bar one who's suspended with a fully fit squad now, obviously, you'd, you'd love the cup, the cup double, of course you would. But regardless of Monday's result, promotion is a historic achievement for you and your, your team. And, of course, it couldn't have been achieved without the hard work of so many at your club. So I think probably it would only be fair to leave you with the final words of this interview and your reflections on all those people at Will and Rovers who've, um, who've contributed to this, to this outstanding and historic achievement for the club. Yeah, like I say, there's so many people from the groundsman to to the chairman to to the secretary. There's so many people that go behind the scenes who get it right from Monday to Friday. To be honest, my players turn up and literally all they got to do is is play the game from like from two o'clock till five. All the rest of the work goes on before the um before the game. So it's it's more it's for them as it much it is for the players that like I say the promotion is is thoroughly deserved. And like I say, I want them to enjoy it and embrace it for the next. What, two months before we go into a new chapter? And my thanks to Russell for his time. Uh, now, moving on to the um, to the next show in town, and that was Cadbury Heath against Bridgewater Town. Bridgewater, of course, have had, had a fantastic um, season this season. We've enjoyed covering their goal-scoring, buccaneering exploits. Did <laughs> they continue at Cadbury Heath? Yeah, indeed. Uh, ending the season on a big high. Uh, a 4-2 win uh, for Bridgewater away at Cadbury Heath. Uh, two goals in the first half from Mark Armstrong. Uh, saw them lead at the break. Uh, he, he scored either side of an effort from Matt Huxley uh, to get get Cadbury Heath on the board. Uh, ben Allen then uh, drew the home side level early in the second half uh, before Sam Towler uh, restored Bridgewater's lead. Uh, the sixth and final goal of the game then came in uh, in stoppage time. Uh, it was Jake Llewellyn from the 
from the penalty spot, and that takes his record for this season to 13 from 13 from the spot. So definitely not unlucky uh, for him. Uh, a fantastic effort from uh, Jake to obviously be uh, pretty much whenever whenever uh, Bridgewater awarded a penalty, pretty much knew they were going to score it. So uh, yeah, as you say, fa- fantastic season for Bridgewater, who finished fourth and finished with yeah more goals, 4-2 victory away at Capri Heath. Well, six goals at Cadbury Heath and six goals in our next game in the Premier Division. Uh, Plymouth Parkway were the visitors to Chipping Sudbury Town. Now, Chipping Sudbury um, do enjoy being party poopers. They've got a very good record against the top teams in the division. Of course, Plymouth Parkway really did need to win the game and win it handsomely mm-hmm. in order to um, uh, overturn Willand at the um, at the top of the table. Did they manage it, Tom? Yeah, they ended with a, ended with a draw. Uh, so, early in the afternoon, uh, well, obviously, they did actually fall behind in this one. So, should I say, so, uh, Joe White putting uh, Chipping Sudbury ahead after just two minutes. Uh, but then three goals uh, at the end of the first half from Rob Farkins, Ryan Lane and Shane Crack uh, gave Parkway a 3-1 lead. And obviously with Willem behind, it was starting to look like uh, Parkway could be could become uh, the eventual champions. Uh, but Willem obviously managed to uh, get back level in their game. Uh, and uh, Sodbury also coming from behind uh, to claim a, claim a free or draw with uh, Parkway. Uh, which dented their dented their title hopes somewhat. Uh, it was Dan Dempsey and George Box uh, drawing uh, Chipping Sudbury level, and uh, yeah, the, the the two teams sharing six goals and uh, sharing the points. Another job, another saving. Brought to you by Toolstation. Is this all the receipts? Yes, boss. For everything we got from Toolstation? Yeah, why? I just thought we'd spend a lot more than this. Oh, no. We got all the best brands too. Makita, Santex, Karcher, Nest. Top job, top saving. With over 15,000 trade quality products at prices that are hard to beat, we're here to save you on every job. Hard to beat. At toolstation.com and all 340 branches. Going into the uh, the first division, Tom, we kick off with um, a side that was fighting for its um, its uh, its first division life. It was Oldland Abertonians. They had the mean no mean feat. They had to go to Carn Town. How did they get on? They managed to, to claim a win. Obviously, Carn, having uh, been beaten by Chippenham Park early in the week as well, uh, probably would have wanted to end the season on a on a high. Uh, but they were unable to do so, and it was Oldland, obviously scrapping for their lives, uh, that claimed the one 0 win. Jack, uh, Jack Cox scoring 20 minutes from time uh, to give them a, a, a yeah a victory by one goal to nil and uh, with with results elsewhere it proved to be enough and Oldland stayed up on the last day. Certainly the party match to be in at the uh, in the first division was Kensham Town um, already secured uh, the league title and of course the promotion that goes with it they were at home to Sherbourne Town but um, I think it would be fair to say that the Kensham players weren't on the beach. <laughs> no, indeed. Um, yeah, a 30th league win in the season. I think they were were, were nip, going nip and tuck uh, with Cheddar for for quite a lot of the second half of the season. But really, I think Kane have proved to be the, uh, the 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 top dog this season. Obviously, running away of it a little bit in the end. Uh, as I say, 30 league wins uh, and also scoring the most goals and also conceding the fewest. So uh, yeah. Uh, definitely deserved title winners uh, ending the season uh, with a tuna win at home to Sherbourne. Uh, goals either side of half time from Mitchell Purnell and Craig Wilson. Well, it wasn't that long ago since we last spoke to uh, Canesian manager John Allen. That's when his side and Cheddar were locked into that fascinating battle at the top of the, the first division. Ultimately, Canesian proved um, winners and uh, winners by some distance uh, in the end. So I took this opportunity to go back to John just to get his reflections really on what's been a, a very memorable um, season for Kenshin. And I started our conversation by congratulating him on that title win. 
Yeah, absolutely. And the moon has been a it's been an amazing season for us. Uh, for me personally, it's been amazing. Two years I came to the club uh, last season, and when I walked in the door, the whole point of me coming there was to try and get the club back up to the Premier League, which we nearly did last year, agonisingly close. Um, so to, to, to get over the line this year and build on what we've done last year has been an, an amazing effort from, from everyone at the club. You've won the league by nine points in the end, but that doesn't really tell the story of your season, does it? No. Um, I mean, it's a fantastic end. I mean, we wouldn't have envisaged that, probably, that the amount of points we did win it by, you know, five, six games ago. And we had a, we had an awful start to the season, really. It was uh, by our standards. We were playing well, but we just we just couldn't score. We couldn't put a ball in the back of the net. You know, we were, you know, we, we dropped, I think we lost, well, we lost five games all year, and I think three of them were in the first six weeks. So that kind of tells its own tale, the fact that, you know, we got off to a bit of a start. I think there was a, a slight hangover from, you know, just missing out the year before. Six to seven game period also gave us an opportunity to have a look at the squad, and we made some, you know, some changes during that period as well, which obviously worked out well for us. Um, we strengthened the defence, um, and we, we changed the, the goalkeeper change as well. So, yeah, we made a few changes, and from that point on, we got through that period. We were playing well, uh, we knew that, but we weren't quite getting a result. So, we kind of stuck together and we worked through it. And then, I think from the 27th of October, I think we went on a 17 game, 17 straight win, win run. So, which is just incredible and pretty much unheard of. But, you know, street obviously last year was unbelievable. But, you know, 17 games on on the bounce, straight wins really propelled us from basically 14th in the league to to, to the top three. When you look back over the season as a whole, I mean, obviously you've mentioned the um, that extraordinary winning run, but um, do you think that there were certain games that you now look back on with the benefit of hindsight and you think that they were pivotal in, um, in, in, in not only your ability to keep the momentum going, but also perhaps games that proved pivotal in, in terms of how they affected, you know, Cheddar, I suppose, is ultimately the team that, that, that ran you close? Yeah, um, but obviously the Cheddar game, which we talked about just the other week, was... It was a big game in respect of we were the top two. Um, as I said, it felt like a cup final on the night. But as I said, for me, there were still 15 points to play for. But to go there and win, you know, was significant, um, but not defining. So we knew that if we could go there and get a result, it would be a significant result. And I talked about it again last time. The Wincanton, the Wincanton result the week after was the one I had half an eye on because it, you know, it's, it's a tough game down there. And to come out with that and, and score a two, one nil down until the last you know, five minutes to get the two to two goals to win the game was again on, on a below par performance, but that was that that fighting spirit we showed and I thought there and then I thought, yeah, we can go on and win this now after that we can have the result definitely. One of the results we went on this seventeen game straight wins, you know, run. And then we lost at Welton and we didn't deserve to win at Welton. I wouldn't say we deserved to lose, but we didn't win the game and that brought our our run to a bit of a shuddering halt. And I think at that point many teams can I wouldn't go under, but that can knock your confidence a little bit and take a little bit of time to recover. The, the, on the Tuesday, we had to go to Plymouth Parkway in the cup. And, you know, that's a daunting task for any Division One side to go down there um, for a 7.45 kickoff. I got down there with a full squad, just off the back of losing to Welton. Everyone made it. I had 16 there. And on the night, and I'm sure Plymouth will, will be happy to tell you, we pushed them really hard. And if it weren't for... A, a mistake by us in the last minute, we would have gone to penalties. And even the, their, their, their equaliser was a, a fortuitous, to say the least. So, a fantastic club and, and brilliant side, Plymouth. But that performance just washed away the Welton defeat. It washed it away. We got back in the change room and said, you know, 
just keep going like that now and we'll be fine. And that was a, that was a big moment for me, although it was a defeat. And actually, a, a two defeats in a row, our performance and the commitment from the lads down at Plymouth Parkway that night showed us all that, yeah, we can do this now. We can kick on from this. The Welton defeat was washed away. So it was really important that, uh, really important that our performance levels, we got back to where we were, and probably if not more on the night, and we were unlucky not to beat them. So that, for me, was a real pivotal point for us to kick on and then go on this run, which has basically seen us win the league. Now, when we spoke last... Um, you made the point that yourselves and Cheddar had been the, the breakaway teams um, at the top of the of the first division, and that in your eyes, you felt both of uh, you deserved to go up. I mean, as we speak, Cheddar's future is far from certain, but but there there is no denying, is there, that the two of you have been the standout teams in the division this season? Yeah, definitely. I think you know we always say to the lads, we give us some targets this year. You know, at the turn of the year, being the being the top top six with a, with a shout, you know going top um, and then come the end of April being with a shout of you know sorry the end of March being a shout of winning the league so but no doubt about it from Christmas on us and Cheddar just kind of gradually pulled away from it pulled away from everyone else and yeah you know I don't know where their fate lies at a minute but trust me I mean from, from the experiences we had last year where we missed out on literally the last day I know how much it how much it hurts um but there's that old saying that what, that what don't kill you makes you stronger, and that's what we did this year. And I, hope, you know, I hope Cheddar go up. I think they deserve to go up. You know, two have gone up from the Tool Station Division One for as long as I know. I think if you've got 20 teams in the league, I think the top two deserve to go up. Um, I know next year they're doing it from playoffs, so essentially two will go up. But you know, I think Cheddar deserve as much as what we do. Obviously, we won the league. We knew what was at stake. We knew that winning it would guarantee it, and runners up may not. So. You know, I hope Cheddar do, because it could have been us in that position um, five, six games ago. So, you know, they're so, they're so that they seem to, they're able to get in the back door somehow. Now, let, let's cast your mind back to when you took over um, at Canesham Town. I mean, the club, obviously, we know they've been very competitive in, in recent years. They've come close, but they've never quite managed to get over the finishing line. Certainly not like you've managed this season. So... Coming in, you, obviously you knew that there was a, a background of, of, of quality, but how difficult was your job made by those near misses? Um, when I came in, I, I inherited a team. The first thing I did when I joined, Chris, and, Chris King, Sean Day and Russ and my assistant did a brilliant job over the two years previous, you know, building the club, bringing it forward. And I think in the, the last season, I had 81 points and finished third or fourth, I think. Um, might have been fourth, actually. So I inherited a team that, was able to push for promotion. So I sat down with Russ and we made it really clear we wanted to keep every single player. And I believe apart from two, everyone stayed. And then I brought in some players that I had had with me at Wells where we had got promoted out of that league. So we kind of knew what it took. You know, I'd had that experience and we just added that bit of experience to already a really talented group of lads. Um, Players with experience of getting out of the league. And I think ultimately that helped um, last year. Although, you know, we lost out to two Fantastic sides in Westby and Raymond Glass. Um, and obviously we've added again a little bit more this year to what we had. And, and that has enabled us just to, just to keep building and not, you know, we didn't get too down about it. Obviously last year the change room was awful after Chippen and Parker. It was an awful place to be. But we regrouped, recruited well. And this year we've been able to, to kick on again. But it's been, a, it's been over four years, maybe a little even before that. But certainly the last four seasons, the club has gradually started to you know, come from the lower end of the league up to the top end of the league. And it's been a gradual process. So, you know, there's a lot of teams in, in the league now. 
I think are probably going through the same process and who will challenge who will challenge next year to, to do what we've done. Now, you had Sherbourne at the weekend. Um, you'd already yeah. won the league, but uh, to your credit and that of your players, um, you still managed to get the result. Yeah, we... Um, we were quite motivated before the game. You know, we're all very aware once the job's done, you know, you can kind of, I don't know, be on the beach as the saying goes. But we weren't. I wanted to get 93 points. I really wanted to get 93 points. And we made that really clear to the, to the players before the game. We made a few changes. So we gave some opportunities, some lads that have been in a, you know, on the bench and certainly in the title run and have, and have been fantastic. Their attitude and their support of the starting 11 week in week out has been superb. So they, they deserve to get an opportunity to go and play and they didn't let us down they were, they were brilliant in fact Mitch Purnell scored the, the opening goal and he's been on the bench for the last five or six games so that just goes to show to win a league you need lots and lots of different facets but mainly you need a fantastic changing room with great players that you know have got a brilliant attitude towards the team and they all put the team first um, so the lads that came in against Sherbourne Sean uh, we won the game. We were really pleased we did. We didn't want to go out on a whimper. We want to show why we were champions. We want to show why we were worthy of being champions, and not to end, you know, you know, end on a on a loss. Uh, so, so we're really proud that we hit 93 points. It's a club record. Um, I think the club's been in the Western League since 1972. It's a, it's a club record, as was last year. Actually, we set a new one last year and on 89 points. So again, it was something we're all really proud of. It's been a, an incredible series for me. And I've had amazing support. My sister, Russell, you know, is at the club you know, previous years before. has been fantastic. Um, he was quite, you know, brilliant in the fact that we kept, we managed to keep all the lads there. He helps in that process. And then, you know, as I said, we've added all along. And, and, and the support I get from behind the scenes. And also the supporters. Another real thing for us we're really proud of is, you know, I think we're the third best, third best supporters side in the Western League. So, I think we're going to be a credit to the Prem and I think we're going to bring a lot of supporters to games and we're looking to build that as well. I mean, we played backward. There was 338 in there. It was an incredible day. An incredible day. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the supporters because your attendance on Saturday against Sherbourne was the second highest, well, would have been the second highest in the Premier um, League. So, uh, yeah. in that respect, your club, you know, has fantastic um, potential and um, it must give you... Um, you, you, you that uh, thirst for the game um, next season because you know you're going to get well supported. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, as I've mentioned before, you know, as a club, we're trying to tap into the community. Kingsham's a big time. It's, it's getting bigger all the time. And, you know, we've got a huge youth section and we're trying to tap more and more into that and encourage people to come through the gate, encourage the youth section, the, the, the young lads and the girls and their parents um, and make it such a more family-oriented club. And I think we've made great strides in that in that department. Um, also, marketing the club with, within the town, and, and, and as the gates will prove, I mean, it's, it's gradually gone up year in year out. And uh, you know, I think we've have ended up on an average of just under 160, you know, over the season. And included in that were some huge gates. I mean, as I said, all right, the day we won the league, a lot of the town came out because I think the way it was marketed, and obviously it was a big day for the town and, and everyone else connected. And you know, to get just shy of 400 people in there was. Um, and obviously not on a ground up was a was amazing for us. And as I said to the lads after, you know, hopefully if we can get half of that coming back every single week next year, that'd be fantastic. So, am I allowed to ask you then whether you've um, given any thought to uh, to next season? I mean, it feels it feels like a slightly cool. Cruel question to ask you, John, because really you, you should be allowed to bask in the uh, in the glory that you've achieved only forty eight hours um, after the final um, game of the season. But have you have your thoughts already turned to next season? Uh, yeah, they have. I mean, 
pretty much the day after we won it, you start to think, right, we're in the Prem now. I've been there before at Wells. I know what, I know how hard and how demanding league it is. And I know with the group of players we got, and we talked about it after the game, we, we go into it with no fear at all. As a club, we're ready to go in it. I think as a group of players, you know, as a point tally and our stats would show, we're ready to, we're ready to perform in it. Um, yeah, we'll look to probably add a little bit more. But the lads, you know, all of us as a club, and I, and I say all of us, we're all looking to embrace the league above. And I think we'll be a credit to it. It's just better talk about the support as we get. I've got players in my team that have won the prep. The goalkeeper, Ash Clark, and Harley Purnell won it with Manor Farm. We've got experience from from the Premier League, so that will help with the younger players we've got in the squad. We've got the right balance, I think, to go and go and do well in it. Obviously, if you get promoted, your probably first thing is to stay in it. But you know, we we want to do well. We want to do well. We're not going out there to make up the numbers. We want to we want to kick the club on again, and uh, and that's what we'll be looking to do. Well, John, thank you very much um, for taking the time to speak to the the podcast again. Um, I'm really pleased that we've been able to catch up with you and get your reflections on what's been a a fascinating season. Um, Just one final word, really, to yourself, um, for yourself, because, um, you know, we've we've sort of mentioned in passing the the, the, the supporters, we've mentioned um, some of your your, your backroom staff, but uh, but really, I suppose this is an opportunity to to celebrate this... um, um, this this promotion and this title is really an opportunity for for you to to thank everybody involved at Canesham Town Football Club for what's been a historic season for the club. Yeah, and I will take this opportunity to do so. I said the support I get from behind, from from Amy Cole, Malcolm Trainer, Jules French, um, the people that run the club, uh, from from Russell, who's been an amazing assistant for me. Uh, Doris, Jamie Price, who took his first steps into into coaching. Our physio, Rich Williams, and you know, last but not least, all the players who have just been unbelievable. It would have been so easy last year to, you know, throw the towel in, maybe go to another club, you know, because they've had a couple of cracks here, but they didn't. They stayed. They trained twice a week all season, and you know, I feel with our fitness levels and all the hard work they put in, that was a big factor in us getting over the line. And my jobs. Yeah, as a manager of a football club, it can be it can be difficult, but I feel mine's been made easy by the group of lads I've had, and and they deserve all the credit. And you know, we have won a league at Kingston since 1978, so I hope these these players are remembered forevermore at the club. And it wasn't just the men that did well this season, was it, John? No, the first team ladies have won that won their league as well. Um, our reserves have had a fantastic season. Uh, I think they've just been promoted to the Somerset Prem from Division One. Um, so yeah, it's been a, an incredible season. Our under 18s seem to be getting better and better. So yeah, as a whole, the club, you know, on the first team manager, it's underpinned by everything. And for the reserves, yeah, the ladies, ourselves, the youth section, we're looking just to progress and just keep progressing. Not you know, not running before you know we can walk. We're just taking it stride by stride, and you know, and we're progressing the club. So yeah, thank you to everyone involved. It's been an amazing two years. And my thanks to John Allen for his time. Now, moving on, and it was uh, Longwell Green. Of course, they've been going very well, as we've been talking about at the uh, in, in recent podcasts. The visitors were Radstock. They didn't have anything to play for. Their safety had been secured. It's not been a great season for the Miners, but how did they sign off, Tom? Signed off with another victory, uh, ending the season with five wins from six. I think, uh don't know if they'll be awarded Team of the Month. I hope they definitely get some nominations, but... Um, yeah, the work they've done there over the last uh, last few weeks has been uh, nothing short of brilliant, really. I mean, uh, yeah, wins wins coming left, right, and centre, uh, and the latest away at Longwell Green, who, as you say, have had a had a terrific season, uh, and it was goals uh, from James Rustle, uh, Finn Haynes, and then George Bendel as well, uh, giving uh, Radstock a three-one win. 
And finally, um, we look at another one of the First Division's um, form teams. It's Warminster Town, and uh, they had a Wiltshire derby. They were at home to, um, well, relegation-fighting Chippenham Park. Yeah, and it's unfortunate for Chippenham Park that they had to run into Warminster on the final day. Uh, obviously, Oldland's uh, victory uh, meant that Chippenham Park had to, had to uh, equal that result, uh, but they were unable to do so. Warminster running out 3-1 winners. Jack Millock scoring the only goal of the first half uh, and then a brace in the second from uh, Eben Mortimer-Taylor uh, giving Warminster the, the pretty simple 3-1 win. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately for Chippenham Park, they fall below the line and, uh, yeah, suffer the, the relegation. Well, that concludes our roundup of the, uh, the fixtures on the last weekend of league action in the tool station western league and um really tom that means that we uh, we should take this opportunity to have a look at those final league tables yeah absolutely so uh obviously uh we know we know who's coming out on top uh in the premier division uh, we've got willand uh, 38 games obviously everyone's played 38 games so we don't need to run through that uh, 30 wins uh, five draws three defeats uh, goal difference of 85, which was yeah, considerably better than um, the the title challengers, which as you mentioned uh, earlier played a big part in uh, in their in their victory, and uh, 95 points. So uh, yeah, they ran out victors. Uh, second place, Plymouth Parkway, two points behind, 93 points. Still another team that registered 30 league wins. So a fantastic season for Parkway, uh, and then Bitten, another <laughs> another team past the 90 point barrier. Pretty amazing. Uh, 92 points for them. For, from their 38 games with 29 league victories, so uh, the top three in the in the Premier Division all probably deserve it of going up, but it's uh, it's willing to who take the take the position. Absolutely right. I mean, it was the goal difference, wasn't it, that um, that, that perhaps is the most stark contrast between the two side uh, between the three sides. And of course, the funny thing is that I don't think that those three those three teams have ever been separated by more points than they have now, <laughs> which just goes to show how important the final week of the season has proved in uh, finalising these uh, these tables. I mean, and it's a bit of a sal- salutary lesson to anybody who, of course, follows professional football and sees Liverpool and Manchester City mm-hmm. um, locked into that tight battle at the top of the Premier. League because um, um, actually um, if all things go if you if you go down to the wire you never quite know what's going to happen on the last day um, but I think uh, it's obviously easy to talk about um, Willen's fantastic season and I think Plymouth Parkway have been phenomenal as well we have to include Bitten in yeah. the um, in that equation and just just I did a little bit of homework um, looking back over the last ten seasons. Um, now, Bitten's 92 points would have been enough to see them win in the 15-16 season, 14-15 um, uh, um, season, 12-13 season, 11-12 season, 10-11 season and the 9-10 season. And actually, if we go back to the 08-09 season, which was the season where they won uh, the Western League, they won it on 84 points, <laughs> having played two games more. Wow. So, So that is a measure of just how well... Bitten have done in third place this season and that's why you know I think we have to celebrate this as a fantastic three horse race there have been teams in recent history who have run away with the Premier Division and won it with 100 points plus but I think we've been treated to an to an absolute feast of, of competition and, and football and I think all three sides Will and Rovers Plymouth Parkway and Bitten um, deserve the accolades um, up at the top of the uh, of the Premier Division. Uh, and now moving on, um, how do um, how do the, uh, the the top teams um, um, play out in the first division, Tom? So uh, we've obviously got Canesham, 
Catch them out in the in the lead. So obviously they've also also played 38 games, and uh, it's Kensham who end up on top, 93 points from their 38 games. Another team to register exactly 30 victories. So that seems to be the the magic number this season. Held off the challenge of Cheddar, uh, who finished second uh, with 84 points. So they were nine behind Kensham in the end, uh, and then Caution. Uh, putting on a real charge over the second half of the season to finish third, 70 points from their 38 games with 20 victories. So, uh, yeah, those are, that's how the top three finish in the uh, first division. You know, following on from our conversation last week on the podcast, we know that Canesham Town are home and host, not only as the champions of the first division, but also promoted into the Premier Division. Really, there's a great sort of question mark hanging over what the fate of Cheddar. Mm. Um, and um, um, as I understand it, um, in terms of... Um, the points per game issue that uh, governs whether or not the, the team that finishes second in the first division will be promoted or is eligible for promotion. Cheddar unfortunately find them some, themselves some way down in that in that list. I think that there have been sort of various rumours circulating as whether it was going to be nine or ten or potentially even eleven teams that would be eligible for promotion in that in that list well cheddar finishing on 2.211 points per game um, are down in 15th in that table so it's going to take some something um, to see them go up but um, but I think we we have to reflect on the fact that we live in the brave new world of the football association's reorganization strategy so anything is possible ladies and gentlemen mm. including as we found out last season Almondsbury. Um, and Malmesbury being moved out of the Western League into the Hellenic League. So um, it could be changes elsewhere that do um, that do Cheddar a favour, but we can't take away the fact that they were our first division runners-up and um, are still in the mix when the Football Association's Leagues Committee meets in the second week of May to discuss what, the, uh, what next season's um, pyramid and league organisation will look like. And, of course, we will do our best to bring you um, all the news from that um, when, it is, um, when it is known to us. Now, on, an, on another little bit of housekeeping news, um, uh, it, uh, it, it came to my attention recently that, the, um, uh, that there are going to be a number of rule changes that we will be um, exposed to um, next season. These have um, uh, been um, set out by IFAB, the, uh, the referees' um, organisation, um, well, we, I won't go through all of them now. I'm sure we will discuss um, some of them at um, uh, in next season's podcast because there's quite a lot to remember. We will be um, putting out a link um, to the um, um, to them. They're all on the they're all on the internet. The uh, the, the the new uh, regulations. But some of the uh, some of the interesting um, uh, developments um, for us to reflect on next season will be that team officials. Um, who are found guilty of misconduct can now be shown a yellow card or a red card. I say can now, as of next season, will be could be shown a yellow card or a re- or a red card, as opposed to just being sent um, to the stands. And also, one of the more eye-catching um, regulation changes that I know some people in the Western League are already familiar with is the fact that as of next season, um, attacking players can no longer stand in a defensive wall. Um, for a free kick. So in addition to sin bins, which we've been talking about quite a lot on recent podcasts, um, there have been changed to discipline uh, in, the, in, the, uh, in the technical area. Uh, and one thing I can tell you is that the sin bin 
um, for dissent only applies to players. So this new ruling that team officials could um, could be shown a red card or a yellow card, well, they won't get the opportunity to be shown a yellow card for dissent. They won't be given the opportunity um, to be sent to the sin bin. Uh, and, of course, the, um, the, the ruling about um, free kicks as well being interesting. There are some more there as well, but as I say, we'll talk about them on future podcasts. I think we've, we've, we've had quite enough of, uh, of football for one season, but we do have one game left to play, don't we, Tom? Yeah, we do. Uh, it's a big one. Uh, Les Phillips Cup final, of course. Uh, that will be on back holiday Monday. I think it's three o'clock kickoff, isn't it? I hope uh, so. That's that's when, I, <laughs> that's when I'm. That's when I'm. That's when Ray Johnson and I will start I broadcasting. Say, I know you'll be there uh, with your with your microphone. I'd look forward to to either tuning in or being there if possible. And that's uh, yeah. Well, two of our uh, two of our top sides, Plymouth Parkway against Woodland. Obviously, Plymouth now desperate to to snag a bit of silverware, uh, having uh, having seen Woodland win the win the league. Uh, but yeah, the last chance for them to to have a. Have a, have a have a final say this season and then uh, yeah two really really well well put together teams and uh, it'll be fascinating to see how they get on I mean the Les Phillips Cup finals always a great showcase occasion um, for the tool station Western League and always very enjoyable I certainly enjoy um, the cup finals that I've been fortunate enough to cover but but the fact that we've been lucky enough to or the fact that we have the top two teams in the Premier Division, particularly with such a close title race, particularly given the backstory of Parkway coming so close to pipping Willand for the post, two sides that slugged it right out to the bitter end. I mean, you couldn't write a better backstory. <laughs> and with a cup up for grabs as well, um, it's it really is um, set to be a, um, a fantastic occasion. So whatever you do, please don't suffer listening to Ray and myself talking about it uh, in commentary, it's a. It, if you can get to Sherbourne Towns Ground on May the sixth for that three o'clock kickoff, as Tom said, I, I would strongly recommend you get there because I think it's going to be a a real humdinger. Um, we will be coming back to the listeners after that, Tom. When we will be doing our final podcast of the season, when um, we uh, we bring you those, uh, we bring you a roundup of how that final went, and also we're going to have a chat about the final goal scorers table. Yeah, hopefully get some. Uh, yeah final clarity on 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 goal scorers and what have you and yeah just uh, a, a bit of a wrap-up and as you say look back on hopefully what is a a thrilling Le- uh, les phillips cup final well we have been reviewing your bulletin i'm assuming that you'll be doing one final bulletin next week so i've got something to um i've got something to, <laughs> to read out that's the plan yeah i'll go go for that and uh, that bulletin will be of course available on the tool station western league website yeah, usual places should be downloadable, and there's a there's a tab at the top that should take you to the the most recent one, hopefully. Yeah. And yeah, I, I have you penned your final column this week mm. for the um, for the non-league paper? Yeah, that's gone in there. Uh, looking back on the uh, on the uh, well, thrilling final day in the in the Premier Division. Excellent stuff, Tom. Thanks very much indeed, as always, for your time. Well, I'm glad that we've got one one last hurrah next week. But from Tom and myself, this has been the Tool Station Western League podcast.